Hey, this is Victor Antonio, and welcome to another Let's Talk Sales, where you and I, we just talk about sales, you know, get no hype, no hyperbole, no, you know, fluff, just let's really talk about this. Uh, today's subject is something I think you're familiar with, which is resistance. You know, why do customers resist? Or why does anybody resist? So what is resistance, right? Um, and I was reading a book, what triggered me for this conversation was I was reading a book by, you know, Paul Gibbons, who wrote a book called Impact. If you're into leadership management, this is a great book. So it's called Impact. It really talks about culture. Uh, but specifically the, the chapter that kind of resonated with me because I'm in sales, it's all about, you know, why do people resist and what is resistance? And, you know, he said there's two ways to get people to do what you want. One is coercive, force them to do it, just get them to comply. The other one is, you know, persuasion where you get them to commit to something. Now, that's an interesting concept, right? You can coerce somebody to do something for you if they resist and you get compliance, or you can persuade them and they'll be committed. But in either case, if you really think about it, I guess I started thinking about this, even if I coerce somebody into doing something, get, gain compliance, eventually that compliance will wear off. In other words, the fear of doing something or not doing something will wear off. And even if you persuade somebody and they commit to doing something, you know, how do you know that they're not gonna get uncommitted to doing something? Now. What does all this have to do with sales? Resistance is one of those things that we often view as, you know, if they're resisting, it's a bad thing. And what I want to do in this Let's Talk Sales is let's analyze resistance, both from a coercive perspective and a persuasive perspective, and say, you know, what is it? What is resistance? Because everything in sales is about resistance, right? People resist change. Companies resist change. People don't want to switch over to something else or start doing something because they have to change. So... You know, let's look at change. Let's look at resistance. The first thing he talked about in the book, Impact, Carl Gibbons, was, you know, that resistance is inevitable. In other words, you're always going to encounter resistance. Now, I know we're stating the obvious here, but he gave, it a, he gave it a nice twist. What he talked about was that sometimes we label people as resistant, right? Like that person's really resistant to any idea, any concept, anything I want to do. They're very resistant. Any company, if I'm trying to sell a product, they're always resistant. And he said, when you start labeling people as resistant, you create this self-fulfilling prophecy in the sense that once you start viewing people as being resistors, right, you kind of put them in that category and maybe your attitude towards them changes because you see them as somebody who's always resisting. So for example, why bother dealing with them? But is resistance always negative? Which leads us to our second point. Is resistance useful? Now, it's an interesting concept. Resistance is actually useful. Now, there's two ways of looking at when somebody's resisting. One, the person just doesn't want to cooperate. Yeah, they're just not into it. No matter what I say, no matter what I do, no matter what I suggest, they simply don't want to do it. But, Carl, again, uh, Gibbons in this book, Paul Gibbons, actually changed that. Says, well, maybe resistance is a positive thing. And I'm like, how's that? He says, when somebody resists, they're overtly, in other words, they're saying it out loud, they're overtly telling you why they disagree or don't want to do it. Now, that could be construed as feedback if you're positive. In other words, when somebody doesn't want to do something, maybe that's their way of saying, hey, I don't agree with you and here's why. And maybe that conversation, that dialogue could actually be positive. So that's an instance where resistance is actually positive because it creates this feedback. Because sometimes, you know, you have a dumb idea just like I do, right? We have an idea, we want to do it. Somebody has to go, uh, 
You might want to rethink that. Now, initially, we may hate that person or not like the person for not jumping in with our idea. But maybe later on, we'll say, you know what? I'm glad he called me on it or she called me on it because, you know, that was a dumb idea. And so resistance can be viewed as a positive thing. So one, it's inevitable. You're going to find resistance in everything you do. That's part of the plan. But again, you can label it resistance. But if you do so, be careful because then you start treating people in a certain way because that's how you view them. Number two, let's shift our mindset and understand that resistance can be positive if it provides positive feedback. So if the customer is resisting change, maybe you want to ask, well, why are you resisting? Why is it that you don't want to change? What where is that resistance coming from? And maybe in understanding that resistance, if we take that perspective, let me understand this resistance, then maybe we'll have a different attitude towards it. Number three, you know, when you look at resistance, we need to learn how to empathize with it. Now, let's talk about this a little bit. This is interesting. When somebody's resisting, you know, almost you almost want to get into their head and go, why? Why are you resisting? It's obvious that you need to change, or maybe it's not obvious to you. But maybe if we try to understand why people resist, we can be more effective in persuading or selling them. See, too often we want to say, hey, do this, do that, because we know we've been here before. This is what you need to do. Like, I remember years ago, I read the study, I'm trying to remember the study, where they talked about salespeople. And certain salespeople, when they first start out, are very good at selling, very good at selling. And then six months into it, their numbers start to go down. And when they looked at it closer, what they, and I'm trying to remember the study, when they looked at it closer, <clears throat> excuse me, what they figured out was that when a person was new in selling, when they were new, because they were afraid to give their opinion because they were unsure of themselves, they focused on asking more questions. They focused on asking more questions as opposed to talking a lot. Now, fast forward six months into this, they're feeling pretty good about themselves. They know the content, they know the deal, and they've closed a lot of deals, so therefore, they're feeling pretty good about themselves. So now, instead of asking a lot of questions, they already superimpose what they think they know about the customer, and they're not listening anymore, and their sales begin to drop. So when we stop empathizing with what the customer wants, we lose something. So you gotta understand, what customers want today is for you to be empathetic. One, let me know that you understand me. Number two, also, let me know that you're looking out for my best interests. And the only way you can arrive at that is by empathizing first with their position and then looking out for their best interests. Number three, that when you look at resistance, it's, it's about culture, it's about organizations, it's about people. In other words, you know, you know, resistance is a very complex thing. It's sometimes we try to make it simple, like, yeah, it's just resistance. But sometimes the person you're selling to wants to change. Maybe their group wants to change but the organization or the organizational culture is set up in such a way that it doesn't allow for that. So maybe that's another reason for that resistance. Last but not least, look, the, the ultimate vaccine, and I think Paul Gibbons had this exactly right. He said the ultimate vaccine for resistance is trust. Because when people trust you, they, you know what, they can do that mental hump over the resistance. Trust is a big thing. So again, what is trust? Empathize with me and let me know that you're looking out for my best interest. And the question is, how do you transmit that? And that's up to you to figure that out. How do you transmit that? How do you let them know, man, I understand your business. I understand what you're going through. I get it. I get it. And I want to suggest something and I want to sell you something that I know is going to help you. I'm not doing it because I want to make a commission. I'm doing it because I first want to help you. 
Now, often I hear that, you know, sales is a servant leadership type of thing. And to some extent, I think that's true, that we got to lead with, let me just try to help you. That's real selling in the long run. Now, trying to close a deal right away, well, that's selling short term. I'm not saying you should never close. What I'm saying is, what if instead of looking at a customer as a quick sale, we look at them as a long-term sale? And you can get long-term sales if you truly understand and empathize with your customer. See, that's the secret of selling sometimes. It's not so much trying to get a lot of deals. It's maybe trying to get a few customers who buy from you often. And this is important. So when we look at resistance, you can see that it has, you know, just different variations. Why people resist could be, again, different. The first one, let's accept that resistance is inevitable. It's always going to exist. Number two, maybe resistance is useful. In other words, if somebody didn't buy from us, let's understand why they didn't buy. If we understand that, we can make our product better, improve our service, and maybe even change our presentation if we view it from that perspective as opposed to, ah, they don't get it. They simply don't get it. But if we change our mindset to say, what can I learn from this no? What can I learn from this rejection? Let me understand what the resistance is about. And then I can, again, upgrade my product, you know, change my service, or change my presentation. Number three, in order to what? Reduce resistance, you first have to understand it. Why are they resisting? Take the time. We've all heard the phrase, slow, you know, slow down to sell faster. What does that mean? Really take time to understand what your customer is going through. Number four, sometimes it has nothing to do with the people. It has everything to do with the organization in terms of why they don't change. Those, to me, are the toughest sales. Just, just trying to get an organization, a group of people to change is very difficult. And then number five, again, trust is the ultimate vaccine. Again, if people, you can build trust with somebody, you can overcome the majority of the resistance because people say, you know what? I'm not sure I understand everything, but I trust you enough that guess what? I'm going to go with you. And then again, when you look at people who are resistors, you know, you know, I also think that, and this is just me throwing my last thought in here, is that we often look at people as resistors when we see somebody who doesn't like our ideas. But let's not forget there's amplifiers out there. Amplifiers are people who love the idea and just take it and run with it. So... We can learn from them, right, the amplifiers, because if they love the idea, they run with it. But again, I come back to the resistors. You know, when somebody resists your ideas, there are different levels. They can be pessimists. They can be skeptics. They can be cynics, right? To me, those are grade levels, right? Pessimist is like, oh, I don't know if it's going to work. A cynic is like, mm, I don't know. We've tried that before. You know, a uh, skeptic rather. And then a cynic is somebody who just says, you know what? There's no way I'm doing that because I know it's not going to work and shuts the idea down. And again... These people have been burned in the past, and that's another reason to really understand resistors, because maybe they're not saying no to you. What they're saying no to is based on the past experience they've had with other products, other services, other companies, other salespeople, and they're really saying no because of what's going back there. That's called baggage, and sometimes as salespeople, we have to deal with that. So my point to all this, this Let's Talk Sales, is that let's try to understand resistance, Let's really try to understand why does somebody resist change? Because imagine stopping in a conversation and say, you know what? I can sense that this is not something you want. I just want to stop the sales presentation right here and just simply ask, what's holding you back? Like mentally, what's holding you back? I've just laid out the case that it works logically, that this can help your company. From an emotional standpoint, I show how it's going to benefit you and your company. But my question to you is, what's holding you back? What is the resistance? 
And imagine having this type of dialogue with a customer. Just say, just tell me what's going on, man. Tell me why you don't want to buy. Tell me why now's not a good time. See, because when somebody says now's not a good time, what they're saying is there's something else besides time, right? That's holding them back. And this is just trying to understand resistance. And for some reason, many salespeople don't like talking about uncovering resistance. We're always like, uncovering, you know, unstated needs, right? Some things they didn't tell us they needed. But what about uncovering resistance? What would hold you back? Because many companies that you're selling to know already that they need a solution, don't they? They already know. They know already. So when you approach them and try to sell them your product or service, the question is, well, well, why haven't you done this in the past? I know you know you need this, Right? When I do sales training, I always ask companies, I said, you know, what took you so long? Why haven't you done training in the last five years? What held you back? And as soon as you understand what holds them back, what's their belief system? It could be, I didn't believe sales training would work. I didn't believe it would work for our team. I just didn't think it was worth investing. Whatever that resistance is, once you understand it, then you can sell to it and overcome it. And again, it's not about just challenging resistors. It's first understanding why they're resistance and resisting and then building the case as to why maybe what they have in their head, these truths that they hold to be self-evident, so to speak, are really unfounded. And maybe you're there and you're different. And how do you explain that? But if we always talk about feature, benefit, advantage, gain, and never talk about resistance, we'll never really understand our customer. So let me know what you think about this. Let me know your thoughts on why companies don't buy, why individuals don't buy your product or service. What do you think the resistance is? Now, I know fear is out there. That's always a big one, right? Or I say the imagined fear, what they think might or might not happen. But usually it's past experience. They've done something in the past or maybe they don't believe you and what you're offering. So let me know what you think about resistance. Again, it's an interesting conversation for us to just talk about. And once we understand what customers are holding back, in other words, what's holding the customer back, maybe we can sell more effectively. So what do you think of the idea of somewhere in your presentation, you ask a customer something like this, Mr. Customer, it's obvious that this is a product that would help your company. So my question is, why haven't you done it? My question is, what's been holding you back? Like, notice the difference in that question. Now what's, why haven't you done it? What's been holding you back? Like, what are some of the underlying concerns that have been holding you back? And if you do that, if you just scrape the surface, so to speak, of resistance, maybe you can get into this real earnest dialogue with your customers and you may sell more faster by just having those conversations. Let me know what you think. This is Victor Antonio thanking you for your time and reminding you, selling ain't hard when you know how. Take care.